are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock here with you on this Thursday edition of Locked On 49ers, brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use promo code Locked On at mybookie.ag. Got a fantastic guest to help break down the New York Giants in this matchup on Week 10 with the 49ers. That is Nick Filato. You might have remembered him from the show in the springtime, talking draft. He's a scout over at Locked On. He's a scout over at InsideThePylon.com. And so we're going to get into the Giants and what's going on over there. And a combined one win coming into this Week 10 matchup, which is a fun matchup and some major draft implications here. Technically, the 49ers would be picking one if the season ended today, but that's because the Browns have had a bye. The 49ers have not. So the 49ers have one more loss on their record, and then the New York Giants would be picking third in the draft at 1-7. and seven. So we will talk with Nick in just a moment. Before we get to Nick, we want to hear from the coach. Shanahan took the podium and had a lot to say about the quarterback position when Garoppolo might be ready to play, and if that might even be in Week 10 here. And what the 49ers need to do to make defenses pay for loading up against the run. Some quick roster news. There's been a few additions, a few minor additions to the roster, but one semi-big addition to the roster this week is Tank Carradine is practicing for the first time since being placed on injured reserve. And with the return of Ronald Blair last week as well to the field, uh, that means the team is at their max of two players returning from IR. So Eric Armstead, he won't be able to come back. And anyone else on IR, they will stay there and will not have a chance to return in 2017. So real quick, before we hear from the coach, I want to let you guys know about MyBookie. So if you're the type that likes to make things a little bit more interesting on game day, MyBookie.ag is a great place to go. They've been in the business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing and they have the fastest payouts just two business days. And not only the sports book, which I'm sure you're very interested if you're listening to this football-related podcast, you know, got a great sports book, but such a great mobile website. It's like a Vegas casino on your smartphone. They've got table games, blackjack, poker. they got a live casino. And of course, those bonuses and up to a 100% cash bonus. And all you have to do is let them know that you came from Locked On podcast, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But that's why I'm telling you guys, go to my bookie. You win, they pay, they have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So join my bookie now, and my bookie will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play. You win, you get paid. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that my bookie line for this 49ers-Giants contest a little bit later when we talk to Nick. So let's hear from the coach. How's that Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback cramming session going? It's not only just a different playbook, but it's, it's a different game plan each week too this time of year. That's what's so important about OTAs and training camp. That's, that's the foundation of your playbook where, you know, the verbiage, how you package everything together, protections, concepts, run plays, 
um, all and the play action, how it all ties together. And then every week it's a different game plan from that foundation throughout the summer. So when you miss that foundation, it's tough. Um, he came in last week, crammed in the verbiage, um, worked as hard as you could at it. Um, you know, we had a plan for him last week if we needed to use it that he was ready for. Um, he came in uh, on Monday, started working again, much farther ahead on Monday than he was last week. Uh, he's a smart guy and works at it, so um, he's much farther ahead now than he was last week, and I expect that to be week to week to continue to get further ahead. So every time Shanahan talks about Jimmy Garoppolo's readiness, it sounds like it's definitely something that's progressing and progressing quite quickly. And he did say that he expects C.J. Beathard to be the starter, but he didn't 100% stamp that and said that just like every other position, you evaluate that through the week of practice. And, you know, maybe between Thursday and Friday practice, something can change. So uh, very interesting comments there from the coach on Jimmy Garoppolo. Most likely it's going to be C.J. Beathard again, but it's sounding more and more like Garoppolo is going to be ready. And even if he doesn't start Sunday, might have a chance to get in there and get a little bit of action. If I had to guess, it's it's flat out a done deal. He's going to be starting that Seattle game in week 12 after the bye. And of course, he's just as eager as everyone else to see Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. And it's not just about getting to see the guy, but there's a lot to gain from having him gain experience and play within the system down the stretch. Um, guy gets an opportunity to play. He hasn't played very much. Um, so if we think it can help him, um, if we think it could help our team, um, then that's something you want to do. Um, I don't want to throw a guy in a, a, a situation that's tough to succeed in. And it's very tough when um, some of the stuff we are going through injury-wise, um, but it's not just that. It's also throwing a guy in that situation with his lack of reps and lack of experience. So, um, no, we didn't bring him here to save our season, but um, we had a great opportunity at the time to get a very good quarterback for what we thought was very good value, and that's why we didn't hesitate. And that was a cool thing about getting him then. It was... I don't feel the pressure that, hey, we have to do this right now. We have to do that. Um, that's one of the reasons I said, I think, for the first day I got here that I wanted to come here is that I, I thought we were in a position where we could do things the right way and make the right decisions. And that's really what we're trying to do now. We're not trying to make a decision based off of what our record is, based off of that I know everyone is very excited and wants to see him play, including myself, including our coaches and players, and including my wife. Um, <laughs> I get that. I'm very well aware of that. But I am... I think I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a situation where we truly can do what we think is right. Um, and that's really what we're trying to figure out. And that's not something you just assume. It's something you watch day to day and you take everything into account. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there with the wife jokes, but uh, that was a pretty funny nugget that he dropped in there. And I don't know if it, he realized how that came off could because all the, uh, I mean, with Nick's wife talking about QB Mick Handsome. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really funny. But we got to come up with a better nickname talking with some people on Twitter. And yeah, QB McHandsome's not going to work. Grap is not going to work. So feel free to submit your ideas for uh, nicknames for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G, come on, that's a little too boring. We got we to gotta spice that up for sure. So you definitely don't want to get your new quarterback killed. So what can be done to protect not only the incoming quarterback, but the current placeholding quarterback? Yeah, again, it all factors in. You know, I don't want Jimmy to take all those shots. I don't want CJ either. And it's not just the O-line. It's a, it's a combination of everything. You know, we, we have to threaten more people in our pass game. Um, we've gotten blitzed probably more than, I've definitely more than I've ever had in my career. Uh, most of it's run blitzes to try to stop your run um, and dare you to do some things. And um, you have to make people pay. 
and that's the only way to scare people out of stuff. And I think um, we've struggled to make people pay. And the whole way I look at offense is, what are you doing to us? And I'm, I'm going to try to find a way to scare you out of that. And until you do, people are going to continue to do that. And uh, I think that's where we, we haven't been able to dictate what the defense is doing. And that's the goal. I don't want to just bang my head against a wall and um, do stuff over and over. I want to find the weakness of the defense and attack that and make them change to open up other stuff. And we haven't done that consistently enough. I'm really glad Shanahan vocalized that part because we can tell, obviously, that teams are doing their damnedest to stop the run and daring the 49ers to throw on them because they don't think that the 49ers can. And the 49ers have proven that they've not been able to. And like he said, the team can't make teams pay for stacking the box and run blitzing on the team. So the other side of that is that's why you're you can kind of sense that frustration. And that's why he's calling the game the way he's calling it, because. The opposing defenses are dictating that the 49ers should be able to gouge them and throw on them and make them pay for these things. And the fact that they can't do that, I think, has been very frustrating. So we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo, when he gets in there, is able to do such things. And that would be, you know, a huge bonus. And that would be a big part of starting to win some football games, too. So one more cut here from Coach Shanahan. He was asked about the challenges of being both head coach and offensive coordinator and if there might be an OC for the team in the future. Um, I mean... I think I have lots of good guys on our staff. I mean, so if I can, I can give anyone that title, you know, just so people don't ask me that question. But it's, um, I mean, I have guys on our staff who, who do a great job, guys who are in charge of the run game, guys who are in charge of the pass game. Um, everybody has certain areas from third down to short yardage to first, second down run game to third down run game to backed up. Um, and we, we have a staff who's worked together um, who knows how to, I think we're very efficient. Um, I don't plan on not calling the plays, um, so I don't necessarily see why that's necessary. I think I, I got hired for what I've done on offense in my career. Um, I'm really enjoying being a head coach. Um, I had to change up my schedule and stuff and my routine on what I do as an offensive um, coordinator and um, really to prepare to call a game. But I, no, I think that's what I can provide best to a team and until I can't. If, if I ever feel someone else can provide that better, then I have no problem not doing it. I wouldn't hesitate. Well, I like that he said that if he thought it could be done a better way, he wouldn't have a problem with hesitating. So it's not just a straight stubbornness where he's like, well, I'm going to do it this way, and that's going to be the way it's done forever. So I like that. And um, it doesn't seem like he's overwhelmed at all by all this. I mean, even with you know a wearing on you of being an 0-9 team, I don't think any of that, that's a big problem for Kyle Shanahan. And he went on in this presser to talk a little bit more about how the game plan is put together and the coaches that are involved and how that comes together over the course of a week. So it is worth hearing. So if you guys go to 49ers.com or wherever, you can hear the whole press conference there. And he talks a little bit more if you, if you want to get more in-depth with some of that stuff. And a little interesting tidbit about the F position that he talked about, which was you know a hybrid fullback, tight end, sort of an H-back position. And he went into a little bit of a detail about that position and how he ran out of Fs. He had no Fs left in the last game because Kyle Juszczyk was out. His tight ends were all hurt. He even uses slot receivers in that position too. So Trent Taylor got hurt and he was out and they literally had zero Fs left on the roster after everyone got dinged up last game. Okay, it's time. Let's go ahead and get going with today's guest. 
Okay, joining me now is Nick Filato. You remember him from the offseason. We talked in draft with Nick. He's one of the guys over at Inside the Pylon, does a lot of scouting stuff, and he's a New York guy. I think technically a New Jersey guy. So we're going to break it all down with this Niners-Giants game this week. Nick, really appreciate you joining the show once again. Hey, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. So let's see. I don't know where to start with this game it's i mean it's <laughs> i think I, I saw it was something like 1994 it was the browns and oilers maybe it was the last time two teams this late in the season had a combined one win coming in um you know er, both teams have their issues the first thing i want to talk about i guess you got to get this out of the way first is at the top with the giants and there's reports that the giants players have given up on ben mcadoo what's going on there I mean, it was more than evident against the Rams. The Rams, both teams coming off of a bye week, traveling all the way to the East Coast for a one o'clock start, absolutely embarrassed the Giants on their home field. You have all of these suspensions being levied to DRC, Janoris Jenkins. It just seems like this team absolutely quit on Ben McAdoo. I mean, it took to an 0-5 start for Ben McAdoo to finally relinquish his play calling duties to his offensive coordinator, Mike Sullivan. And I was very elated when I saw that he did that, but then I heard his explanation. It was very smug. It was very arrogant, and I feel like he, McAdoo kind of has this personality of like a foot. Like There's a sense of entitlement <laughs> that he has not earned, and I think it rubs this team the wrong way, and it has really been shown, and I honestly think that the Giants are not a kind of team to give up on a coach after two years, but when you lose your locker room, I think it's a necessity, and I also think that this, these issues run even deeper than Ben McAdoo. It goes all the way up to the front office. Just when you see him speak, you see him at the podium and, and the the new hair he's rocking, slick back and the mustache. I'm like, this guy looks kind of like uh, creepy or scummy in a way like where if, if I don't know if you could sit across the table from this guy and want to hire him as your head coach or hire him to paint your garage for that matter. Yeah, he has this and I don't want to sit here and call him out for this. He has this pedophilia kind of look and it, it kind of <laughs> is just it's kind of gross, to be honest. But even besides the look, it's the way he presents himself at these press conferences in front of the media and to his fan base. And I'm telling you, it just rubs the entire fan base the wrong way, especially when you are losing and you're not getting the job done. And he has not done that. I mean, he was asked at halftime uh, post game or he was asked that post game about the halftime, what he said to his team at halftime. Yes. And he had absolutely no words to say. He just sat there and waited for the next question in the most arrogant fashion looked completely lost. It's just terrible. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. They ask him a question and he just doesn't really respond and then just looks around the room and everyone – I can't imagine being in that room. People are like, are you going to speak or what? <laughs> what are you doing, man? And he, yeah, yeah. you're right. He does kind of have that face that, that you wouldn't be surprised if he saw it on a mugshot at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a terrible thing to say, but it, it had to be said, I guess. But yeah, everything from his play calling sequences to situational football, it's been very questionable with this head coach. So I'm guessing the running back situation, Orleans Darkwood, probably wasn't penciled in to be such a, a focal point of the offense for New York coming in. So I guess it's not all on Ben McAdoo losing Odell Beckham Jr. For the year is, is a terrible blow for, for an offense, I'm sure. And then there's Eli Manning is, is Eli done in New York? Has he played as bad as that record would make you think he has? I mean, he's definitely not the full problem, but he is obviously something to do with this problem, especially when you look at his cap number. I mean, he's taking up about 22% or $22 million on the cap next season. And the Giants really are going to have to make some tough decisions here and it might be an unceremonious end to Eli's career. And again, I think this starts at the top with the front office because this general manager, Jerry Reese, you know, I applaud him. He's been around for two Super Bowls, but you're surrounding a 
36 year old immobile quarterback with these picks that you overdrafted and you're forcing them with blind optimism to start. And it's just a recipe for absolute disaster. And when you go back and you look at some of these drafts that Jerry Reese has had and has not been good, he has not drafted well from 2011 to 2013. There are only three players that are currently on a roster that he drafted and only one of them is on the Giants roster. There's absolutely no retention of talent. We see guys like Linville Joseph just walk out the door and absolutely kill it on the Vikings. And we all applauded him for bringing in Damon Harrison, Janoris Jenkins and Olivier Vernon back in the 2016 free agent cycle. But we kind of overlooked the fact that he had to do that because he has failed time and time again in the draft. Yeah, the draft is is a big one, and uh, that's going to set any team back. We saw it with the 49ers going through the Trent Baalke era, and then you sit here now and realize, oh my God, they've almost completely cleared all of those Baalke players off of the roster and started over. So it could be a long process if, if that's the kind of situation the Giants have to go to. Speaking of one of the young draft picks, though, Davis Webb, former Cal quarterback, might it be the Davis Webb era upcoming? And if so, or even if not, what uh, what did you see from Davis Webb in the preseason at quarterback? I mean, I saw a quarterback that was young. He's going to make mistakes. But from everything that I've heard about Davis Webb is he's a football junkie. He, you know, goes to the bathroom with his playbook. He's a coach's son. All those cliche kind of things that you hear about a quarterback that you would want to be on your football team. And I could see, and Ben McAdoo has not ruled it out, down the stretch here. I mean, you got to think there's eight games left here. And this team is absolutely out of it. They've given up on their head coach. It is still a long season. And you're going to have to evaluate these guys to see what you have moving forward. I would not be shocked if Eli gets benched at some point, And it is the Davis Webb show in this Ben McAdoo offense, or maybe they even fire Ben McAdoo, promote Steve Spagnola, have Mike Sullivan handle the offense, and it could just be an absolute wreck and a total teardown of this franchise because there is absolutely no way the owners, Steve Tish, John Mayer, are comfortable with what is going on, especially when the Cowboys come to town. You know Giant Stadium or MetLife, whatever you want to call it, is just going to be packed with Dallas fans, and that's just going to eat at the hearts <laughs> of the owners of New York, and this is just... When it rains, it pours, man. Murphy's Law, everything has gone wrong with this football team from everything from injuries to execution. It has been an absolutely terrible season, especially when this team had preseason aspirations to win the Super Bowl. Like the 49ers knew they were going to be bad this year. The Giants thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. It's absolutely pathetic. That's rough. Um, It's a couple of young players, actually, that I still like. Uh, You got Sterling Shepard over there, wide receiver. He's been dinged up a little bit. And tight end... Evan Ingram, I don't know if we should even call him a tight end. He's basically just a big wide receiver, and he's got wide receiver athleticism. Uh, I've loved what I've seen from Evan Ingram and how they use him split out and sort of a tight end or big slot. Um, Tell me about those guys, and, and do you think they can be a part of whatever it is going forward for New York? Absolutely. I love both of these players. They both ball out. When it comes to Evan Ingram, he's getting peppered with targets, and again, he's classified as a tight end, but he's just a big wide receiver. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what Vernon Davis was in his early years with the 49ers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I could see that. I think uh, Vernon Davis was a little bit stronger, a little bit more stout yeah. and played more in line than uh, than Evan Ingram. But yeah, the athletic and maybe even some Jimmy Graham in there too. You know, it's someone who split out a lot and because it's got that speed because he got pure speed. He's got wide receiver speed. So he can get down the seam. He can get deep. He can go up and get balls. Uh, he's got to be a fun weapon. And uh, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it's not really a bummer because I've got him on my fantasy team, but um, it's probably a bummer that you're not going anywhere with him, but at least you have something you can build on. Yeah, and he's not given up on this team at all. He goes up, wins those contested catches, has strong hands, great route runner. Like, I love the fact that we drafted Evan Ingram. I liked him when I saw him down at the Senior Bowl coming out of Ole Miss, and Sterling Shepard 
same thing. I think he is a very talented receiver. And when you get Odell Beckham back healthy and you have these three weapons with whoever's playing quarterback and hopefully an offensive line that doesn't, you know, get the quarterback killed, which is something that's been happening this season, I think the Giants could have a very formidable offense. But the Giants have no time of possession this year. Eli is just back there getting sacked like crazy. He's already been sacked. I think I think he's only two away from the amount of sacks that he received in 2016. And again, it's just been an absolutely pathetic showing. But you have to build upon something. Guys like Landon Collins, guys like Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, young pieces. You want to see guys like Dalvin Tomlinson continue to play hard. B.J. Goodson has been dinged up. But we're just looking to evaluate these players going forward and who can we build around. You also have people in contract years like Devon Kennard. Are we going to bring him back? Those are the kind of things that I'm looking for in the next eight games. I'm sure San Francisco and 49ers, you guys are in that same exact boat. Yeah, a lot of development and evaluation periods coming up here for the rest of the season. Uh, you mentioned a couple of players on the defensive side of the ball. Let's just stay with the young guys. Rookie Dalvin Tomlinson, someone I really liked out of Alabama. Uh, it seems like he's going to be a mainstay as well, right? Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, we lost Limbo Joseph, like I said, and then we ended up drafting Jonathan Hankins out of Ohio State. He leaves to go to Indianapolis, so we needed to find his replacement. We go to Alabama, one of the most disciplined run defending schools there is with Nick Saban coaching. Now he's questionable for this game. I expect him to play. And I like what I've seen so far. He's disciplined in the run game. And again, he is a rookie. You line him up next to snacks. That's very formidable, but it hasn't really come to fruition for the giants because they have struggled against the run this season. Last year, they were second in run defense when it came to yards per game this year, they're getting run all over. And again, I think it's mostly because the offense cannot hold on to the football. So these, Giants defenders are out there. I think the second most out of any NFL team, the only team that is out there more is you guys. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say it's the same thing going on here. The, the offense can't put together enough drives and keep it going to keep the defense off the field. And so, yeah, and then those things sort of work together, right? And so they each get worse because the defense is one of the strengths for the 49ers, but even that becomes a weakness when you're out there for so long. And I wanted to know what's going on with the defensive side of the ball with the Giants because just I've seen some really poor tackling in recent games. And guys like Dominique Rogers, Cromarty, DRC, he's like re earned that old nickname he used to have coming out of college, doesn't really care for DRC, which I thought was a good nickname. Uh, is that fair? You know what, DRC, when I was watching last game, he was the one guy sprinting like crazy to catch up to Robert Woods on that screen pass. And there's been a couple plays. I saw him incredibly frustrated, I think, on the other Robert Woods touchdown. So he looks like he's out there trying. But DRC has always had that kind of moniker that he doesn't really care and he doesn't really like to tackle. But last game was really Eli Apple that showed that on that third and 33 touchdown conversion, which I still cannot wrap my head around. But the Giants... It was just a regression. The defense regressed. I love Landon Collins. I think Landon Collins is a very talented player, but he is not that good in coverage. And I think it, a lot of people saw the fact that he had five picks. He took a couple of them to the house last year, and they thought maybe he kind of overcame his struggles coming out of college, which was the fact that he wasn't that great in coverage. I still think he does struggle in coverage. He's a great box safety. But I think this team, and especially the secondary, somewhat, I don't want to say given up because that's really, really a, it's really an indictment on the team, but I think they just do not like the coaches. We've seen the coach and the secondary obviously butt heads with the two suspensions that were levied to Janoris Jenkins and DRC. And I honestly think that it's one of those things that these guys are not going to go above and beyond because they don't want to get hurt. They don't want to spend a whole offseason rehabbing and things of that nature. They want to, you know, be healthy and they realize that this season is completely over with. So I'm kind of trying to think about how this is going to match up with the 49ers offense and the Giants defense. And <laughs> you would think fun. that the you would think that the Giants defense 
the strength would be that defensive line. You know, you mentioned Tomlinson and, and Snacks, and you got the guys inside, and then Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon on the outside. Is that still a strength of the team? Are those guys all playing well? Because hey, the 49ers offensive line is banged up, and C.J. Beathard got absolutely killed in the last game, and I was worried he wasn't going to make it through the game. And if it might, if it's more of the same, he might actually get knocked out this time and might be forced to put Jimmy Garoppolo in, even if they aren't ready to to let him play. Yeah, C.J. Beathard might be the toughest guy in the National Football League after <laughs> just getting Seriously. killed last week. And I'm a big C.J. Beathard fan because coming out of Iowa, I, I usually pay attention to Iowa football. I have a buddy who's a big Iowa fan, but... Olivier Vernon hasn't played in a couple weeks now. He's been dealing with an injury, so we haven't seen him. He might be back for this game, and I honestly think he's one of the more underrated defensive players in the National Football League. But the Giants, they only have 13 sacks, which is second worst in the league behind Tampa. I think they're tied with Oakland. They do not get after the passer. But the thing about JBP is he usually takes advantage of much weaker competition. We saw that against Denver when Donald Stevenson was out, and and JBP just absolutely dominated, got third, three sacks on Trevor Simeon. So I think they will be able to get pressure because they do rise to the occasion. But it also comes down to that factor. What if they are just not exactly fully trying? Because JBP is talented, but we've seen him disappear against top competition. Like you guys, like you just stated, the 49ers offensive line is dinged up. It's not that great. You have a rookie quarterback who's maybe not as poised or decisive with the football, mm-hmm. and he can hesitate. And hopefully the Giants, for Giant fans' sake, will be able to get to them. But even at that, even do the Giants really want to win this football game? Because both <laughs> of these teams are vying for like, the top pick in the draft. Uh, actually, that's a good segue to making some predictions here because, let's see, the MyBookie line is New York minus 2.5. So New York favored now by 2.5 points. I think the Niners were favored to start the week. Over-under is 42. Where would you lean on on those two? I mean, it could go one of two ways. These are two really, really gross offenses and two stronger defenses. So you would imagine, you know, thinking with football logic, that this would be one of those 14 to 13 games or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. But who knows? It could really go either way. I mean, you just looking outside looking in, it looks like you would want to bet the under there. But this could just be poor defenses going at it at the same time, especially when it comes to the Giants, especially if they gave up on the head coach. Yeah, that's, it's been really hard to figure out how the games are going to go for the 49ers, and they stayed, they played a bunch of games close, so you're thinking, okay, maybe this is the best 0-6 team in the league. And so they lose five games in a row with three points or less, and then all of a sudden they just get blown out by Dallas, blown out by Philly, and you realize, okay, they're a lot further away than, than maybe you thought just looking at those, those games. But then, so playing a team like New York, you got to think, well— if both teams are this bad, then it wouldn't surprise you either way. So maybe the 49ers can pull off this win. And the fact that, uh, you know, whoever is basically favored to me would be the where you'd want to bet the other way. So for me, I would put my money on the 49ers. They've covered quite a few games this year. But yeah, I think this might be one they could knock off. You know, the fact that they're home, the home dog is always a good bet to me. And I think you're exactly right. You got to, I mean, you have to bet the uh, the under on this one for 42. You just got to. And go Niners here, and I think I think my listeners will like that. But uh, uh, would you you okay with that bet, or you would still think that New York's maybe a little bit more talented and should be able to pull this off? I mean, I kind of think the Giants' roster is talented, but I don't know if that's going to come to light. I would do do the same thing you just did and take the 49ers because the Giants just got beat like crazy at home. Now you're traveling across the country, a team that knows this might be their best chance of winning. No one wants to go 0-16. So I would take the Niners too. Again, I like taking, if I was a betting man, home dogs. 
And the Giants are in absolute turmoil where their head coach is one step away from being fired. So I think it'd be a smart bet to take the Niners. Niners have been undermanned, I think, most of the season. But one thing they're still doing is, is playing pretty hard. So uh, that that's the one thing that might put it over the edge here if one team's kind of still wants it and the other team might not. Uh, I do want to talk quickly about the draft because I know you do all the scouting stuff over there at Inside the Pylon. I don't know how much you've dug into the 2018 draft class here, but both the Niners and Giants look like they'll be drafting at or near the top of the 2018 draft. So who are some of your favorite players up there at the top this year? I haven't done as much work as I would like to. I usually grind after the semester, but just from what, because I also, I coach football, so I don't really get to watch the Saturdays as much as I would really like to. But I mean, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, you would still want those two. Those were the two highly regarded guys going into the season, but they seem to not have lived up to their quote unquote hype so far. So I would really need to grind their tape. You still got guys like Baker Mayfield and Luke Falk, Saquon Barkley. And then I, the two that I really liked and who I kind of wanted the Giants to potentially get, because I thought the Giants would, you know, be 10 and 16 or 9 and 17, would maybe get a guy like Quentin Nelson or Mike McGlinchey, some of those linemen that are on Mm -hmm. Notre Dame because they're very, very talented. And hopefully that would have been like our Zach Martin kind of pick. And that's where my mind was at the beginning of the year. But now it's looking like we might go after one of these quarterbacks. It's just I am not really 100% sure which one. There are a lot of names here. I don't know exactly where they will fall come draft time. Guys like Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, even Luke Falk, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Donald, all those kind of guys. I'm not exactly sure where the Giants would go with that or if Davis Webb is the guy. So that leads me to Saquon Barkley, who is, you know, just absolutely fun to watch. He is one of the most exciting players in college football. So that's another guy who's going to be a top five pick that San Francisco. I know Carlos Hyde is in a contract year and the Giants don't really have a running back. Both those teams could be looking at. Yeah, it's funny. The Saquon Barkley thing, it's uh, it's already started in if uh, what we're November ninth today technically when this podcast was dropped and it's already a war i think between 49ers fans looking at at barkley because some people like myself are anti going running back super early and as good of a a player as he is as talented as saquon barkley is it's hard for me to swallow that drafting a running back that high and then there's some people that are just all about it they're like okay this is the best prospect in the draft and you have a chance to draft him, then you take him. So uh, that that argument is going to be ongoing until April for 49ers fans, and especially since they got Jimmy Garoppolo in, and it probably takes quarterback out of it. And actually, I think I just saw a report today that said the Giants are really heavily looking at Sam Darnold. Did you hear that? I did. I did hear that. And again, this is we're months away from the draft. So I kind of take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But I would hope that the front office would be looking at every top quarterback (laughs) prospect. You have a 36 year old immobile quarterback who has a lot of money on the cap and we have to pay Landon Collins. We have to pay Odell Beckham in two years. Both those guys you have to pay in two years. You want to sign Weston Richburg. You want to sign Justin Pugh. They're both will be free agents. You might have to pay Justin Pugh tackle money now because you had to move him to right tackle, even though he's naturally your guard. So And the Giants are, what, 30th in the league in cap room. They have like $1.5 million on the cap right now. So you really need to start being really conscious with your money. And guys like DRC, I think he's going to be cut come this offseason. He has one more year on his contract, about 8 mil against the cap. He's got to be gone. And then Eli Manning, too. There's going to be a lot of hard decisions to make here, a lot of tough decisions. And it might be an unceremonious end for Eli in New York. That'll be crazy. Uh, It's 
man, it's been so long. Eli Manning has been attached with the New York Giants. It'd be funny seeing him if he continues to play, too, in another uniform. Like the Jaguars is, is getting a lot of uh, pub. You know, obviously yep. the connection there with Tom Coughlin. So that would make some sense. And the Jags are suddenly good and do need a quarterback. So I could see that fitting. Uh, but, hey, I'm going to let you go here, Nick. We've uh, We've been... Going at this for quite a while here, and I really appreciate the time for you guys. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Filato and find all of his work at InsideThePylon.com. Nick, I really appreciate you uh, giving me the time here talking Giants and Niners, and hopefully we'll do it again and talk draft coming in the spring. I'm sure we will. And one more plug. Guys, check out Phantom on Facebook. We all love Facebook. We all love sports. Check out Phantom. It's Facebook's only live sports network. That's F-A-N-T-O-M. Check it out, everybody. Love talking to you, Brian. Thank you very much. All right. Great stuff there. Thanks again to Nick for joining me on the show once again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Email the show, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Or you can head over to LockedOn49ers.com. Tons more content coming over there, as well as the stream of the podcast. All right. Be back with you guys on Monday. Rapid React following this 49ers New York Giants Week 10 contest. This edition of Locked On 49ers was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie where they will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. I'll talk to you guys on Monday right here on Locked On 49ers.